As the Rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to these services during the season of Advent, the time when we prepare for the coming of Christ into our world at Christmas. These online acts of worship, which we offer every Sunday, include readings, prayers and sermons that have been newly recorded, together with congregational hymns and choir items drawn from our extensive archive of recorded music. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the second Sunday of Advent. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin by lighting the second of our Advent candles. Let us pray. We light these Advent candles to remind us of those who prepared for the coming of Christ, the patriarchs, the prophets, 
John the Baptist and the Virgin Mary. As we remember them, Lord God, help us to prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and to open our hearts to receive him. God, our Father, you spoke to the prophets of old of a saviour who would bring peace. Help us as we prepare to celebrate his birth to share with those around us the good news of your power and love. We ask this through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Blessed be God forever. God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. When the Lord comes, he will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Therefore, in the light of Christ, let us confess our sins. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen.
almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, raise up, we pray, your power, and come among us, and with great might succour us, that, whereas through our sins and wickedness we are grievously hindered in running the race that is set before us, your bountiful grace and mercy may speedily help and deliver us, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honour and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from the Isaiah, chapter 40, beginning at the first verse. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand for ever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is taken from the second letter of Peter, chapter 3, beginning at the eighth verse. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is forbearing toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of persons ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be kindled and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire? But according to his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you wait for these, be zealous to be found by him without spot or blemish, and at peace, and count the forbearance of our Lord as salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory 
the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And they went out to him all the country of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem, and they were baptised by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and had a leather girdle around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Throughout each new church year, which begins with the season of Advent, a different gospel takes centre stage in our Sunday Eucharist. And this year, it is the Gospel of Mark, which, as some of you will know, happens to be my personal favourite. St Mark's is the earliest and also the shortest of the four Gospels, short enough to be read in an afternoon. Indeed, one of the more memorable occasions of my life took place in March 2017, when I was present in St Paul's Cathedral to hear the actor David Suchet read the whole of St Mark's Gospel at a single sitting, without an interval. You can see a recording of that event on YouTube if you're interested, and if you do so, I would strongly encourage you to put away all other distractions, turn down the lights, and just listen. Because to hear the whole of St Mark's Gospel read in that way is not only riveting, but spine-tingling. And more recently, since the darkest days of the first lockdown, a small group of us have been meeting on Zoom every couple of weeks to read our way through Mark's Gospel, and we have been on an extraordinary journey together as a result. I love St Mark's Gospel, not only because it is powerful and dramatic and challenging, indeed at times it is actively shocking, but also because Mark explains virtually nothing. He simply lays before us the extraordinary and earth-shattering story of Jesus the Messiah and leaves us to make the connections, to work out for ourselves what is really going on and to decide for ourselves how we are going to respond. Which is why the constant refrain that runs throughout Mark's Gospel is Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. That is how he draws us into the story and challenging, challenges us to respond. And he does so in a quite remarkable way. 
It is a written work quite unlike any other. A moment ago, we heard the opening verses of this strange, fascinating gospel. Unlike Matthew and Luke, Mark's gospel has no nativity story. He gives us no account of the birth of Jesus, nor does he begin by taking us back to the dawn of time, as St John does, in the beginning was the word. Indeed, interestingly enough, Mark doesn't actually tell us anything at all about the origins or the background of Jesus. Instead, he simply plunges us straight into the dramatic action. Having announced that this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he tells how the Hebrew prophets foretold the coming of a messenger from within the wilderness, a messenger who would proclaim the coming of the Lord. And then... Suddenly there he is, John the Baptist, out in the Judean wilderness, where, we are told, he is preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people are flocking to him in their droves. What on earth was going on? Who was this man? And what was he doing that they found so utterly compelling? Given how familiar most of us are these days with the idea of baptism, it is worth pausing for a moment to note how very unusual it was in that cultural setting. Learned commentaries observe that within the Judaism of the time, there was no real parallel to the baptism that John was offering. It was undoubtedly true that water was used in certain rites of ritual purification, but there was nothing equivalent to what John the Baptist was offering – which was a once-for-all event, hinging on repentance and forgiveness, a decisive turning point in the lives of those who flocked to him to receive it. Because in Jesus' day, it was the temple's sacrificial system that enabled members of the Jewish community to be released from sin and wrongdoing. Ritual sacrifice complemented the regulations of the purity code that determined what an individual could and could not do, ethically, religiously and legally. And there was a whole coterie of religious professionals and officials to perform those sacrifices on their behalf and to police the boundaries of permissible conduct, determining which individuals could be deemed pure or impure. So there was something in what John the Baptist was offering out there in the wilderness that spoke to people and their spiritual needs and touched their hearts and did so in a wholly new way, which is why it was that they sought him out in huge numbers. Perhaps it was because the baptism that he offered was so simple and accessible and direct and personal. Whatever it was, they certainly found it liberating and it fed what must have been a profound spiritual hunger within them. Over the difficult months of the pandemic, I have noted one or two recurrent themes in many of the pastoral conversations that I've had. It is, of course, well documented 
that many people who have never before suffered from any kind of psychological distress or mental illness have, as a result of lockdown and the Covid restrictions, been experiencing depression or anxiety. And I have certainly encountered that in some of the people among whom I have ministered. Part of it is, I'm sure, a consequence of enforced isolation and loneliness. It can be very disturbing to find ourselves suddenly deprived of many of the activities that in normal times distract us from looking within or of facing questions to do with what our lives are really about or what our achievements truly amount to, questions that can catch us completely unawares. But alongside that, I've also noticed how often people seem to be burdened by events from the past, unwise decisions they have made, unkind acts, errors of judgment, sources of guilt and shame. And in a year in which so many of us have been separated from friends and family members, and especially where death has left all too many relationships feel unresolved and unresolvable, those feelings of regret or guilt or shame can feel overwhelming. Many years ago, I can remember talking to a very wise mentor of mine about some unresolved issues in my own past life that were haunting me, memories that felt too painful or too shameful to revisit, but which I found I couldn't escape or set aside or bury or shake off. Indeed, it felt as if they were indelibly scored into the fabric of the past, a past that could not be undone. And at times, such things overshadowed my life. My wise mentor observed that those difficult parts of my past were rather like the jumbled contents of an overstuffed cupboard. and I was reluctant to open the door for fear that everything crammed inside would fall out on top of me and I would be crushed by it. So the temptation for me was to try to forget that that cupboard was there at all. And yet, if I could take the risk of opening the door and sorting through its contents, I could then put it all back again, but in a much more orderly fashion, so it was no longer overwhelming. And having done that, not only did that stock of difficult memories cease to be a place of fear for me, but I actually found things within that that proved to be precious and valuable once I had the courage to look. And it seems to me that that is what repentance is about, the kind of repentance to which John the Baptist was calling the people of his own day. If we are to be healed and made whole, and equipped to embrace a new and different kind of future. First, we have to be brave enough to look squarely and honestly at who and what we are, and to recognise our need for forgiveness. Because when that happens, we discover that those things of which we were most ashamed need no longer have any power over us. John the Baptist was, of course, simply the forerunner, just as baptism is the starting point of the Christian journey, not its culmination, because it is Christ who brings true salvation and life in all its fullness. But if we are to be transformed 
and to play our own small part in helping to transform a world that is ravaged by the consequences of human sinfulness, then repentance, our own repentance, is where we must start. That is why Advent, the start of the Christian year, is a penitential season as we prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ, the Prince of Peace, the one who brings healing and hope, the one who really can engage with the darkness and brokenness of our world. There is a poem by the priest and poet R.S. Thomas, which goes like this. And God held in his hand a small globe. Look, he said. The sun looked. Far off, as through water, he saw a scorched land of fierce colour. The light burned there. Crusted buildings cast their shadows. A bright serpent, a river, uncoiled itself, radiant with slime. On a bare hill, a bare tree saddened the sky. Many people held out their thin arms to it, as though waiting for a vanished April to return to its crossed boughs. The sun watched them. Let me go there, he said. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we prepare for our Saviour's birth, we pray for those whose celebration day will be bereft of family and friends. And we pray for those for whom enforced intimacy may be life-threatening. The pandemic blocks the light from the sun for both the lonely and the oppressed. There is no vaccine in tow 
for the ravages of isolation and abuse. Dear Lord, we pray that your spirit may encourage legislators the world over to act with prudence and sensibility and clarity of vision. We pray for the people of America and the fertile path upon which they will embark in the new year. We pray for our Sunday Club children and indeed all children, teenagers and students, that they will be able to enjoy the opportunities that many adults have had the freedom to take for granted. Opportunities for informal socialising, decorating Christmas trees with friends in Advent, opportunities for face-to-face -face education at school or university, opportunities for extracurricular outdoor sport, art, music, drama and language learning. May career paths and employment never be fantasies for them. May they grow to maturity in an environmentally sound, earthly paradise. Lord, in thy mercy, hear yeah, our prayers. We pray for all those working in the media who use words, pictures and sound to highlight injustices throughout the world. We pray for the prosperity of the creative and technology industries, recognising their value in enabling people to communicate across the seas and enjoy the visual and performing arts. There is some emotional value in the power of the screen. We pray for those who do not have the means and resources to take advantage of IT, making them that much more isolated from reality. In light of our church community, we pray for Alison and Jeff, who have stood with us during these past months of uncertainty and unreality, offering solace and support. We pray for our choir and those who organise our services online so that we can hold hands with people all over the world in spirit. We pray for our most devoted staff and Robin, our verger. Lord, in thy mercy, hear yeah, our, prayer. our prayer. We pray for the souls of all those who have died recently and in these past months. We pray for their families in grief. We pray that the qualities of hope, joy, love and peace will shine forth in the weeks to come soothing our anguished souls. We pray, dear Lord, that once we emerge from the darkness as moths do from cocoons, we can share mulled wine and mince pies and embrace each other without fear of being close to our friends. We are thankful that the light of your presence brings joy to our hearts. Merciful Father, Accept, Accept these prayers, these prayers for the sake, for of, the thy sake son, of thy Son, our Saviour, Saviour, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? In the tender mercy of our God, the day spring from on high shall break upon us to give light to those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because you sent him to redeem us from sin and death, and to make us inheritors of everlasting life that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may with joy behold his appearing, and in confidence may stand before him. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Let us pray. Father in heaven, who sent your Son to redeem the world and will send him again to be our judge, give us grace so to imitate him in the humility and purity of his first coming, that when he comes again we may be ready to greet him with joyful love and firm faith through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. <laughs> 
of righteousness shine upon you, scatter the darkness from before your path, and make you ready to meet him when he comes in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.